Right? Getting to know somebody can be an extremely pleasurable thing. A connection of the mind and the heart can be done minus touch. No hugs, no snogging, no hookups. And in theory, you shouldn't even be holding hands, right? Unless with so- gloves, I guess. <laughs> Just like what we're going to be chatting all through today on Let's Talk About Sex, which is a segment that's all about kind of debunking the taboos of things that you should and shouldn't be doing when you're getting a little naughty, getting a little bit frisky, whether it's by yourself or with a friend. As always, we're joined by our resident pleasure expert, uh, Tanya Kearns. Tanya, how's your Monday going? Hey, Maya, it's going really well. Thanks. How's yours going? We're cruising through. It's a pleasant Monday. I'm not normally a fan, but it's been a fun <laughs> one today. <laughs> Very true. Monday's in my day off, so it's kind of nice to join you on a relaxed and cruisy day. Hey, you're nice and vibing. Um, well, I've been teasing for the last little while that we are going to be talking about cautious dating today. Um, it's really important to remember that although these restrictions have eased, you should still be meeting people responsibly and we're going to maybe release a little spoiler that you shouldn't necessarily be hooking up with people at the moment. But um, we're going to take everything we learned last week and this whole month in May, which is Masturbation Month, and we're going to, I guess, put it into practice. Right, Tanya? Yeah, yeah. We're going to talk a little bit about, you know, dating in as the restrictions start to ease because it's good to get talks about that out there. And, yeah, it's all going to come back and relate into May being Masturbation Month. There's lots to talk about. Right. So, okay, now the police commissioner, Mike Fuller, has said that you're allowed to visit a romantic partner as part of these restrictions, um, yeah. but it is still considered to come under the care exemption. So it seems that if you're already in a relationship, you can kind of get away with it, obviously responsibly. Um do you think this is when we can start thinking about taking our virtual dates into the real world? Yeah, I think we can now certainly think about meeting people out in the real world. I think people who are already in committed relationships continue to see each other and they either did the bubble thing together or they travelled. And I did hear about a lot of people who'd only just started dating and they moved in with each other or sort of accelerated things because they didn't huge. want to miss out in the lockdown. Huge, huge, huge. Yeah. And for some people that's gone amazingly well. So you know, it's kind of good. But what, what we need to think about is the physical distancing now. So I know a lot of people have been talking to each other on dating apps and they're excited to meet each other and they might be a little bit tired of the virtual dating. Mm. But we still need physical distancing and hygiene to be observed through all of these steps now back into how things used to be. So steps one, two, and three, still physically distanced. You can have visitors to your home. That's good. No hugs, no snogging, no hookups. And in theory, you shouldn't even be holding hands, right? Unless with gloves, I guess. (laughs) It's still pretty close, isn't it? But yeah, (laughs) I hadn't thought about that. (laughs) High fives. (laughs) (laughs) But so I think, you know, if you're dating and you're wanting to meet new people, you've really got to think of this as a courtship and not a hookup thing. We're not ready for hookups yet. All the medical professionals sort of talking about that going, not yet, not yet, not yet. Um, And what we need to consider is that these rules were made pretty strictly because it was expected that a small number of people would flaunt them. So it means that it's tougher for the rest of us, right? Mm -hmm. So remember being told that 80% of the population were going, if they could stay home, that would flatten the curve, right? Yep. 
So you know that I'm a pleasure activist and I'm always on the side of pleasure. <laughs> but I think we always need to do that safely and consensually, right? So have a little think about the people that you're in contact with and your, as I like how the New Zealanders are calling it, your bubble. I think that's fantastic. Would you be okay taking risks with those people, those people's health? right mm. so I've had a little look you know there's research around it's all very new because we're all trying to catch up and what is this and how is it transmissible but our research in the JAMA article in journal said that coronavirus can actually show up in the semen of men right so that's kind of interesting so if they're carrying it and they don't know but even some people who'd recovered from the virus still had traces of the virus in their system so it was two out of 36 people studied it's a small study but it's worth paying attention to. So we've got to really think about that stuff. Yeah, really good points there. Um, I guess then you'd say we should still be erring on the side of caution. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Look, it's, you know, it's a marathon that yeah. we're in. And I think a lot of us are like, yeah, well, now lockdown's over. Let's resume everything as it was. And it's kind of weird because we can't see what it is that we're fighting against or protecting ourselves against. So like when you go outside, the world looks very, very normal, mm. but it's not. And, and I think we are particularly lucky here in Australia. So we need to keep checking out what's going on in the US and the UK if we need any, any sort of scary stuff to make us pay attention. And we really need to think about things like, you know, pashing or having sex. If, you're, if you've got a high viral load or if you're a carrier, it can cause significant amounts of problems for other people, mm. right? You've got to think about that. It hasn't been easy, but I think that we've done a really good job and saved lots of lives, but there's still a ways to go. Definitely. So I guess the biggest takeaway is that right now we're trying to prevent a potentially very destructive second wave. What yeah. do you think is safe and not safe to do to try and prevent this? What can we do? Definitely no hooking up, um, no <laughs> hooking up with multiple partners. What else? Yeah, is there no orgies, not even if they're outside. <laughs> <laughs> but, you know, we have to think that there's all kinds of ways to experience pleasure and it doesn't all have to be focused around sex and genital touch, right? Getting to know somebody can be an extremely pleasurable thing. A connection of the mind and the heart can be done minus touch. And anticipation can be super, super sexy. It really can. It can and I understand it can also be really frustrating. It's kind of a bittersweet, mm. knife-edged thing out there. And I'm hearing a lot of people saying, oh, my God, I don't think that I can go without sex and intimacy for another six months or longer. But there are things that you can consider, right? Um, we were just saying intimacy can come in many forms that don't involve touch. There's self-touch, right? You've got self-touch, self-pleasure for sex and release. You can be doing phone sex or video sex. And if you think you can keep your willpower, you could do mutual masturbation, which is, but as long as you keep 1.5 meters distance from yourself and can maintain that self-control. So you have to think, again, it's not about you contracting the virus only, it's about who you may pass it to. So that's not very sexy when you're thinking about hooking up, but there are some other things that can make it really cool. And also if you are dating, and you're getting to know someone, take your time, but you'll get a bit of an idea about their bubble and who they are. I think with hookups, people are less exploratory about people's backgrounds and what they're doing. But when you're speaking to people over time, it might be easier than to get into a sort of relationshipy sex kind of situation, which would be much more advisable than just straight out hookups and doing things quickly. Yeah. 
No, I think that's a good point. Take your time and why not lean into the courtship, taking things slow aspect for sure. Yeah, look, I'm all for slowing everything. I think slowing down makes everything much sexier. And people are like, really? I'm like, you just need to give it a try, really. You know, we're in such a hurry to get to the good bit all the time. I think that it detracts from sex, it detracts from the way we relate, and it definitely detracts from our own experiences if we're always rushing yeah. and not favouring what we have in the moment. Um, now, Tanya, you mentioned a little earlier this term coin from New Zealand about our bubble do you think that um, you should be considering people in your house um, within your bubble? Um, should you be thinking about, I guess, like their health and not hooking up with them, even though you might be living in the same environment? Uh, you mean hooking up with the people that you actually live with? Yeah. Uh, well, gee, that's an interesting concept. <laughs> if you've been living with them and you've been in the bubble, I think there's nothing wrong with that. And I think that's why a lot of people moved in with each other and sort of sped things up. It's more that you want to be thinking about the people that you come in contact with. Like, you know, do you live with your parents, for example? What's, what's their health like? You know, what about uh, the health of the people that you're contemplating hooking up with? Are they seeing their parents? Or are they seeing people outside of your maybe household bubble? So it's, it's really about what's going on there. I think if you've been locked down already with people and suddenly you're finding that love's blossoming, well, <laughs> why not? You know, it's more the who are we folding into the mix and who are they exposed to and who are you exposing them to? Yeah, true. If there's one thing that coronavirus has done, it's definitely making people a lot more considerate of somebody else's health and situation, hey? It is, and I think... I think we're going to be uh, physically distanced for quite some time. It's yeah. very weird, you know, like now that we can see people, I found it really odd catching up with some friends because I was like, oh, my God, we can't hug each other. Yeah. Like something came towards me and I was like, oh, no, because my isolation buddy has um, a lung condition and I was like, no, 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 we're still, we're not doing that. Yeah. You know, I want to make sure that the people that I'm with are going to be okay and, and safe. But, yeah, so I think it's going to change the way that we live and we're going to be paying a lot more attention to that. And maybe the new normal is going to see people operating at a greater distance from each other than we have been, which will feel very strange. But I think in time it's going to do us a lot of good. Yeah, for sure. Uh, in a second we're going to jump into how you can take things slow and date cautiously. We're getting a little bit of love on the text line. Shaz, I'm going to come to you in one sec, but first... Uh, breaking it up before we go into some ideas on socially distanced dating. Uh, here's Rita from RMFC. You're on Mornings. This is Let's Talk About Sex. RMFC right here on FBI Radio. We are on Let's Talk About Sex. My name is Maya Billick. I'm joined by Tanya Kearns. I want to give a very quick shout out to the person who has mentioned that it's naughty of me to be talking about this as debunking taboos, but still referencing it as naughty. So I'm going to change my tune. We're going to be making it nice right here on Let's Talk About Sex. Um, we had an anonymous person texting in um, mentioning that Online dating at the start of lockdown can sometimes 
still make things awkward if you find that the person you are pursuing, there might not be a long-term connection with and that it does make things harder to break. It does make breaking off that relationship or friend zoning them a little bit harder. What are your two cents, Tanya? Wow. You know, I was chatting to a friend in New Zealand this morning about that exact same thing. And they, in the lockdown time, had been really chatting intimately with someone on a dating site. And when they met, the person gave them under an hour in a physical date. You know, it was just like, no, I don't feel the chemistry, see ya. And they were a little bit upset. But, you know, when we were talking about it, we realised it's exactly the same as if you go on a couple of dates with somebody and they turn around and say, yeah, no, thank you. So it's really about how much you invest of yourself in the getting to know you process. And yeah, it's pretty delicious to be like, oh my God, someone's interested in me and I'm getting a text and how exciting, all that stuff. But we all need to hold that quite lightly as we're getting to know people because dating, you know, can be brutal. Yeah. So the more you invest, the harder you fall. So if you hold it lightly and be like, hey, this is really cool. I'm really enjoying this, but you never know where it might go or I'm not going to take it personally if they're not feeling the love. Yeah, and honesty is always the best policy in these situations. It's a lot yeah. better in the long run than dancing around dancing around yeah. it. You don't want someone to be forcing themselves to want to go out with you, do you? You want them to be there enthusiastically and excitedly. Yeah. Now, uh, we're talking about slowly moving back into, with the restrictions that were announced on Friday that were eased, um, we're talking about taking things slowly in moving back with contact with people and we just mentioned that hooking up is still very much a no-go you shouldn't be doing it but cautious dating is something that you can if you feel comfortable and if you feel like this person is someone that you want to take that risk with that you should think about how you should do that in the safest way so while we might be able to meet someone at the pub um, what do you think Tanya is how do you think this slow process is going to affect how we date at the moment um, yeah, I think we're going to have to be creative uh, about what we do and, and we're going to have to be patient. You know, so it's, I find it really interesting because the world has been getting faster and faster and faster and faster. You know, yeah. In the time that I've been on the planet, I can see that dating's like hit hyperspeed where it's sort of like flicking through an act, dial somebody up, get naked really quickly. And, you know, think, thinking back to our parents or their parents' generation, you know, boy, they had to do a lot of courting. Yeah just get a little way and they, they couldn't access any sexual material and they didn't know much about much. And I'm thinking now, you know, a lot of the people that I know that are in the sort of body work side of things, we're all understanding that it's much better to take a slow approach and to sort of really contemplate physically our connections as well because it can be a little damaging if we're sort of hitting and banging into people without, without that sort of connection. Yeah, yeah, for sure. That said, um, there are still, I guess, people saying that although you shouldn't be hooking up, you should just take it completely off the cards for the next, like, what, six to nine months. But there are obviously things that you can be doing instead. Yeah, absolutely. It doesn't mean that you can't connect and that you can't intend to connect, right? So I think slowing the dating down, as we were talking before the break, uh, go on some dates, get to know people and get to know their background so that you know if you're sort of going to take a risk interacting with them but slow it right down that takes time so you can do things like um some physically distanced dates going for walks together which i think people have been already doing Mm. in lockdown yeah you could have a picnic and sit a little bit further apart from each other 
go on a photography day, go taking photos or paint together or create something. Just keep your distance. You know, I know a lot of people are cooking together and, and planning meals, so they're in each other's space, but taking a bit of care. It's and you can intersperse virtual dates with seeing the person in person, right? So yeah. it's all right, let's go and have a coffee or a drink in a, a venue that's practicing COVID prevention. Good luck, because I think they're going to be rushed off their feet, you know, and only having 10 people at a time will be challenging. But <laughs> yeah, do anything you can do while staying 1.5 metres away from your date, but then keep in touch, you know, keep messaging, chat on the phone, do the video thing so that it's slowing things down. And remember, you can't get in a car with them unless one of you is sitting in the back seat, which might feel a little bit weird. <laughs> I guess the highlight here is... Although, yeah, you can go out and slowly start to do things in a quote-unquote normal manner. Social distancing is still the most recommended, I guess, uh, piece of advice right now. And that is exactly how you should be looking through the lens of dating at the moment. Um, we're going to take it to another track before we bring it back to uh, pleasure in isolation and how you can be taking that on dating cautiously. So don't go anywhere on mornings. Um, there is a language warning on this next track by Unknown T. It's called Fresh Home. Don't go anywhere. Unknown Tea with Fresh Home. You're on Mornings with me, Maya Billick, on FBI Radio. I'm also joined by Tanya Kearns. It's Let's Talk About Sex Time. We've been going through the recommendations of social distancing and how you can uh, fuse that into re-entering the dating space. Uh, last week, we talked about some ways that you can be looking at pleasure in isolation. Um, what is... If, if you've never done this before um, or you have like you've just started dating someone new and you're in this really weird situation that is quarantine, isolation, staying at home, um, Tanya, what do you think are some of the ways that you can bring up this taking everything to the next step with a partner? Uh-huh. So are we, we're talking about doing sort of sexy things but not in the same room as each other? Yes. Yes. Okay. So it could... You could be a little bit cheeky and say, how do you feel about getting a little bit more intimate on the phone? Like, take it that way. Or, you know, some people are as blunt as, I up for phone sex. <laughs> it depends on your style and, and how you like to approach. Um, and we need to sort of bear it in mind that, you know, some folks can be, you know, quite good at this and have done it before, whereas other folks might be a little bit nervous and, and a bit shy and a bit giggly about it. So if you're wanting to go there with someone, create a bit of space for them and allow for them to be a bit nervous or like, oh, I've never done that before. And, you know, some of the tips that we spoke about last time, like trying not to laugh, even if you're sort of going, oh, my God, this is so awkward. Um, and, yeah, just focusing on keeping it a bit sexy. It doesn't have to be long. You can get into the pool slowly and do it for short intervals at a time. Yeah, keeping it sexy but making it a safe space at the same time. Yeah, yeah. All right. And what are some of the ways we can use mutual masturbation as May is Masturbation Month um, as a way to get intimate at the moment? Um, well, so, yeah, there's, there's we could direct the other person how we would like to see them touch themselves. I mean, yeah, 
first you've got to remember some people are going to be really good at doing masturbation on their own but really shy if they're doing it in front of other people some people are fearless so you've kind of got to gauge where your partner's at so asking them would you feel comfortable you know uh doing this together and then i would really like to see you doing that might invite them a little bit more to come towards us we can invest in some sex toys that are controlled by your partner so there are things that you can insert or wrap around your bits and then they're controllable via mobile phone or remote control so they can be a lot of fun um, and then remember that until you're in a more committed relationship mutual masturbation can be a replacement for actual touch and sex until restrictions are lifted. So it's still pretty sexy watching somebody else get off. It's still pretty sexy being in their aura as they get aroused and turned on. So sort of thinking about it in the way that although this is different, it doesn't have to be worse or not as good. True. Right? It's different. Yeah, yeah, exactly. Well, if there's anything you're going to take away from Let's Talk About Sex today, it is that although restrictions are kind of easing, you should still be practicing social distancing and not hooking up with someone but don't get too down in the dumps about it because there are other things that you can do in in the pleasure department in isolation absolutely don't forget it's masturbation month it's all about self-pleasure and exploration you might learn a few more new things about yourself than you never knew Tanya, thank you so much for joining me this morning. You can listen back to today's show uh, wherever you grab your podcast from. Just look for FBI Radio or Let's Talk About Sex. We're going to be right here with you in another two weeks. Tanya and I are going to be talking about making naughty things nice. <laughs>